The 20th century evangelist Billy Sunday once said, the world is wrong side up. It needs to be turned upside down in order to be made right side up. I think there's a lot of truth in that statement, especially as you look at the world, as you look at our society, and as you look inside yourself. Indeed, what we need is something to turn it all upside down so that everything in us and around us can be made right side up. Enter the Sermon on the Mount from Matthew chapter 5 through 7. That's the subject of our new worship series over the next six weeks, and it follows a book that many of our small groups are using titled The Sermon on the Mount by New Testament scholar Amy Jo Levine. Over the next six weeks, you and I will discover the remarkable ways that Jesus comes into our lives to right side that which is upside down. For example, just when the world would have us think that being decent on the outside is good enough, Jesus flips it upside down and reminds us that holy motivation is as important as holy behavior. That's next week in Matthew 5. Just when we might think that prayer is about getting what we want or drawing attention to ourselves, Jesus flips the idea of prayer upside down and teaches us how to pray in Matthew 6, which we cover three weeks from now. Just when you think that your life is filled with too much worry and anxiety, Jesus flips your anxiety upside down and teaches you how to trust God, who cares even for the lilies and the sparrows, which we cover on February 7th. I mean, that's just a sampling of the kind of world-inverting, right-sizing that Jesus has come to do in our lives. And it all begins today with one of the most famous passages in the Bible containing the most concentrated set of reversals in the whole Sermon on the Mount. We call it the Beatitudes, a word that comes from the Latin word for blessings. In these first 12 verses of Matthew 5, Jesus takes every aspect of being down and out and turns them upside down. I love how Jim Harnish, my predecessor here at Hyde Park, described these Beatitudes when we interviewed him for our Bible Project podcast last September. He said these Beatitudes are often misconceived as a kind of, quote, sweet, peaceful, cozy blanket, or a, quote, warm syrup smothered over the words of Jesus. A Beatitude, he said, is an exclamation that proclaims, wow, how blessed, how full of life. Jim is right, which makes these Beatitudes all the more ironic and all the more hopeful. My suspicion is that right now, as you examine your life, there is at least one of these nine Beatitudes that you need to hear in your heart, your mind, your spirit, or your body. Right now, are you emotionally spent? Well, for those who are in mourning, then congratulations, how blessed you are. Right now, are you mentally exhausted? Well, for those who are hungry and thirsty for a sense of truth and righteousness, then congratulations, how blessed you are. Right now, are you spiritually dry? Well, for those who are poor in spirit and feeling meek, then congratulations, how blessed you are. Right now, are you physically drained? And who of us aren't right now? Well, 
For those who feel beat down for just trying to do the right thing, then congratulations, how blessed you are. And right now, are you relationally strained? Well, for those who are mired in conflicts and and peace seems far away, then congratulations, how blessed you are. I mean, on the surface level, none of these Beatitudes make sense at all. But they provide just the kind of hope that we need to hear. Because it is in just this kind of bottom of the barrel moment that you can see God's grace most clearly at work throughout the Bible. Whenever the people of God were in a kind of all is lost moment, they were able to see God's power and God's love at work more clearly than ever before. I mean, as we read through the Bible last year, we discovered that that time and time again, those, those places of desolation became moments of salvation. The wilderness became a place for renewed strength. The desert became a place for renewed commitment. The exile became a place for rediscovery. And that can be the case for you. Nope, God does not cause our suffering. God does not cause us to be poor in spirit or to mourn or to be persecuted. But in those moments, God does show up. And when God does, how blessed, how blessed you are. I often listen to a song by musician Charlie Peacock called Cheer Up Church. And I am always taken by this line. Cheer up church, you're worse off than you think. Cheer up, church, you're standing at the brink. Don't despair, do not fear, grace is near. Just when you think that your life is at its worst, congratulations, because now you can see the work of God at its best. How blessed you are. In Matthew 9, we find a man lying on a mat, paralyzed on the ground. Yet in that moment, in Matthew 9, verse 2, his friends say to him, literally, cheer up, because Jesus is here. In Mark 10, we find a blind man named Bartimaeus begging along the roadside on the edge of town. But people come up to him and say, literally, cheer up. Jesus is calling you. And in John 16, Jesus tells his disciples this sobering news. In this world, you will have trouble. But then he says, be encouraged. I have overcome the world. So cheer up, church. You are worse off than you think. And that means you can see the work of God at its best in your life. How blessed you are. And if you ever need a reminder of just how blessed you are and how God shows up in the midst of life's troubles and tumults, then all you have to do is remember your baptism. That's what we're about to do in a few minutes joining with Christians all around the world in remembering our baptism, which we do on the second Sunday of every year. So have your container of water in front of you in just a bit. As we read through the Bible last year, just think of the number of times we saw the image of water and how in each of these instances, when all seemed lost, God showed up and used that water to display power and love. When the world began and there was nothing but chaos and void, God showed up and hovered over the waters and the face of the deep. When the Israelites were slaves in Egypt, God showed up in the water and part of the Red Sea and liberated them from Pharaoh. 
when the Israelites were wandering in the wilderness, God showed up in the water, part of the Jordan River, and led them into the promised land. When Job was suffering, questioning who God was, God showed up in the mighty sea beast Leviathan and reminded Job of God's power and might. And when the world was on the brink, lost in its sin and in need of a savior, God showed up in Jesus, born in the water of Mary's womb and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Friends, no matter what you are going through right now, your baptism can remind you of this unalterable truth. God is always with you and always at work in you. It's a reminder that you and I need to hear right now and one that a person in our church needed to hear And it came to him at just the right time. I'd like you to meet David Wall. As he tells his story, listen for how he felt lost and hurting and confused. And then when all seemed lost, he saw God at work. And because of the ministry of Hyde Park, he came to us wanting to remember his baptism and recommit his life to Jesus, which we did just a few weeks ago. Listen to his story. Hi, my name is David Wall, and this is my story. My dad was in the army, and my mom was a Navy dependent, where I was born in Germany, then moving to the States after his term was up there. Then me and my sister got taken from their custody and put into foster care. Things kind of just went downhill. We moved with our dad from Nebraska to Maryland. Once my dad got a new job, He gave us to our mom, and I kind of felt abandoned because he kind of did it with no warning. My mom was with a guy who um, kind of abused me and my sister as well, so I kind of developed depression early on. With depression, uh, it it gets really bad sometimes, Um, and before, like, it big spiraled down, uh, my life was really great. I had the best relationship I've ever been in. Um, I had a decent job. I just moved to Florida, uh, Tampa, and um, yeah, everything was going smoothly. And then uh, and just one day, abruptly, it all came kind of crashing down. Uh, the relationship ended. My job started going downhill. Um, then like, I lost friendships. My family was turning on me. So I kind of spiraled, and I tried to commit suicide. Once getting out of the hospital, I um, I felt that I had a greater purpose and that God was looking out for me. Ever since then, I started attending church with Danny. Ever since I met him, it's been a blessing in disguise. He's also my roommate and a very good friend. Thank God every day that he brought him into my life. On a Saturday, I was feeling so depressed that I locked myself in my room all day. Didn't want to see anybody. Just felt like I was worthless and like my life didn't matter. And then the next day, um, I watched the church service online, and I just felt better. I got in the shower that morning, came out of my room refreshed, just felt like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders. Hyde Park is probably the best church you could attend because they don't judge anybody. They make everybody feel welcome. Come on in. I got baptized, it just helped me like 
it feels like I could get a fresh start, get a closer relationship with the Lord. I just felt like it's something I had to do. Ever since then, I actually have felt a lot better and just trying to just get closer to God. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I invite you to remember your baptism and be very grateful. Oh, man. That, friends, is the power of God. That is the grace of God at work. And it is the same power and grace that has been at work in your life, which you and I need to acknowledge today as we remember our baptism. Cheer up, church. You're worse off than you think. Even if you feel like all is lost, congratulations, because now you can see the grace of God at work, how blessed you are. So I invite you now to have your container of water in front of you and respond to the words on the screen as part of our baptism liturgy. And then I will invite you to remember your baptism by touching the water you may simply choose to scoop the water and watch it fall into the bowl as you envision God's grace flowing into your life. You may choose to touch it and make the, the sign of the cross on your forehead or on your hand, and as you remember the love that Jesus has for you. Or you may simply wish to take the water and use it to wash over your forehead and face as a remembrance of the grace of God that covers you and keeps you. So let us join in remembering our baptism. Siblings in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. Through the reaffirmation of our faith, we renew the covenant declared at our baptism. We acknowledge what God is doing for us and affirm our commitment to Christ's holy church. And so, on behalf of the whole church, I ask you, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of this world, and repent of your sin? I do. Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord in union with the church which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? I do. According to the grace given to you, will you remain faithful members of Christ's holy church and serve as Christ's representatives in the world? I will. Let us pray. Eternal God, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. And after the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you, you led them to freedom through the sea and their, their children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. 
In the fullness of time, you sent Jesus nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. And so, O God, pour out your Holy Spirit and by this gift of water, call to our remembrance the grace declared to us in our baptism. For you have washed away our sins and you clothe us in righteousness throughout our lives that dying and rising with Christ, we may share in his final victory. Amen. And so, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I invite you to remember your baptism and be very grateful. And let all God's people say, Amen.